Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Fish Fry Friday. Tomorrow at this time, we'll be live at St. Stephen's in uh, the Holly Hills neighborhood. 3949 Wilmington. Yes, come and see us because we're going to have a live roundtable in the 3 o'clock hour and um, we'll do our regular 4 o'clock hour. Jane's going to hang out, I think, hopefully for the three hours because George Gray from The Price is Right is going to go on a field trip with us and show up tomorrow night. We're going to do The Price is Wrong, which if you've never heard The Price is Wrong, it's epic and a lot of fun. We pick <laughs> items, actual items. It's a goofy... It harkens back to the wacky radio bits of the 80s, it too. Does. That's what I would say. It really does. But it was, I love it because it was George's idea, and Abby comes up with these real items from Facebook Marketplace, and we bid upon them, and uh, we play the game, darn it. We don't get to play Plinko or anything like that, but we do play... Um, the opening round of The Price is Wrong, so that should be fun. Uh, Phil Holloway coming up. They had closing arguments in the Murdoch case, so that's going to go to the jury. Phil's been all over that. Also some COVID stuff that he'll be able to chime in on, and um, I'm sure he's dialed into our crime situation here, unfortunately, in St. Louis as well. Right now, we uh, we head to mid-Missouri. That's where Caleb Rowden is. He's the Senate pro tem with us to give us an update. Actually, might be in Jeff City right now. Are you in Columbia or Jeff City right now? I don't want to misidentify the geography. How are you? I'm in Como. I'm in Como. Good to be with you. Let's start with, with basketball. Holy, did you watch last night? I'll admit, I turned it off, <laughs> all right? I turned it yeah, off, no, but I had to turn I, I it did. back on. Yeah, I watched the uh, I watched the second half on my on my uh, phone. I had to watch it on my phone, so then I pulled it up today and actually rewatched it on my television so I could take it in properly. <laughs> well, I have it on my DVR, and I want to do that a little bit too because I didn't tune in until about the uh, the two minute mark, and they had. This is what people need to know if you didn't watch her. I'm guessing a lot of people, Caleb, might have turned this off last night. They were down by 19 points with just three and a half minutes left. They come back and they win that game. Yeah, it, it was pretty wild. It's awesome. I got to meet Coach Gates a couple of weeks ago, and I loved him. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah he came to the Capitol uh, not too long after we got hired. And I, I, he's for his stoic kind of mannerisms on the sideline, he's kind of a class clown. Uh, he in he is. Areas, yeah. which is pretty funny. So. Yep. He, he can stay calm and cool, but he's got a personality in there that hopefully people he will does. be exposed to um, in due time. Well, I mentioned as I welcomed you in, unfortunately, our crime situation, which seemingly every day gets even a little worse. So let's talk about 
what the latest is in Jeff City on some of these bills dealing with the special prosecutor, et cetera. So let's start there on the special prosecutor. What's going on with that? What's the update? Yeah, so we, we got the House bill, um, I guess the, it would have been the middle of last week, I believe. We referred it. was It was heard in here in, in Senate hearing um, this past week, and, and uh, we'll get put on the calendar next week. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's one. It's it, 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 there's so many things that 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 we're looking at. Uh, we know this is a huge problem. I've been talking to people to people from St. Louis, everybody from business leaders to city officials to um, you know the the uh, there's a coalition of black pastors that came to my office uh, this week, and and you know we're talking to everybody. We're just trying to say, look, everybody has to be honest about the problems. We cannot point fingers we cannot you know say hey it's not it's everybody else's fault so we're just not going to do anything blame it this is such a, a a real and significant issue and it's been moving you know it's, it's been going on the wrong trajectory for a long time it just kind of hit this crescendo now where, where everybody feels it in a seemingly a, a more dramatic way so we're going to try to get i don't know what the ends up being in the final products but you know i've told everybody that that i've talked to relative to this we have to have some tangible things that we can point to relative to morale of cops relative to you know being able to punish uh, the bad guys in a more meaningful way relative to kim gardner we've got to have some tangible things that we can point to this year uh, to help St. Louis start moving back the right direction. And if this does pass, it would allow a prosecutor to to come in here and deal with only a certain amount of the cases, right? On some of the big cases. Yeah, you've got to uh, you you've got to meet a certain level, of, uh, some criteria relative to crime, and and some you know some other uh, kind of metrics that have to be hit um, for that kind of trigger to take effect. But yeah, the the attorney general potentially could get involved. Um, and and be a part of uh, you know violent crime uh, cases and you know I mean obviously the idea is just we we know uh, Kim Gardner specifically we know she is uh, not doing her job she's not doing her job well you can you can prognosticate as to whether or not it's incompetence or whether it's activism it doesn't matter uh, really at this point it, and maybe it's some combination of both yeah. um, but you know we have to do we have to do something to ensure that the incompetence or whatever of one individual. Uh, doesn't keep sending St. Louis down this rabbit hole of chaos. You know, I um, I tweeted something out from Dave Carson is a photographer at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I have my issues with the Post-Dispatch. Dave Carson would not be one of them. He's a great photographer. He's won awards, et cetera. And he was down at a uh, memorial, essentially, where people were gathering and letting balloons go for these four people who had died in this terrible accident uh, that occurred earlier in the week. And there were guys that were on the scene, and he puts pictures in of these guys that had guns. They were drawing their guns. They were threatening. People, yeah, it looked like odd. something was going to happen, and of course, they had the one dude's got an ankle bracelet on. You can see yeah. it clearly in the shot. So this is something that's happening on a regular basis. Then you have in the other chamber Donna Berenger, who's a regular here on the Reardon Roundtable, saying this. This is stunning too. And here's another thing that's happening, and it breaks my heart, and that's because we have crime fatigue. And the people who live in my district are actually going back and stealing their cars back. Do you know how dangerous that is at 4 o'clock in the morning to go into a neighborhood to find your car because they have the tracker on their apps, and they're going back and they're stealing the cars back? That is dangerous, and that should not happen. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that, but that kind of shows you where people are, <laughs> well, Senator, right yeah. now, right? Yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, I it's hard to put it into words, honestly. I mean, I, I you know we're we're struggling to, and we we want to we're, we're taking it seriously, obviously, in Jefferson City. We don't want to 
it's not an us versus them. You know, I, I, I've said it to anybody who will listen in all the conversations I've had about Kim Gardner. You know, we need St. Louis. Missouri needs St. Louis um, to, to be going the right direction, uh, for Missouri to be going the right direction. It's, you know, I don't care that it's a – I don't care that, you know, there's more Democrats in St. Louis than Republicans or anything else relative to, um, you know, trying to have, find a way to educate kids and have a thriving economy and people have jobs and innovation happening, all that stuff was happening and possible one time in St. Louis. And so, but we have to get the crime under control. Everything else uh, just is, is secondary and can't happen at the level that it should if people are scared to, to, to walk down the street or go to the park in, in their neighborhood. So we just have to, we've got to work together and fix it. So the, um, the situation with, um, well, I kind of lost my train of thought, and I apologize. I was going to ask something else related to that, Caleb, and I can't. This is what happens when you get older and you're a talk show host. I can't, <laughs> Maybe it's the effect it has remember. on business, Mark. I mean, you know, this is a wide-reaching problem. Well, it is. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. I mean, and we're hearing from, we're hearing from, I, I can't even stress the, the, the diversity of, of individuals, um, you know, across all sectors of life, uh, race, creed anything else uh, that are just saying hey look you guys have to help we cannot do this on our own uh, we have tried and <laughs> yeah and clearly the, the the results speak for themselves well and i remembered my question because it was about the democrats in in your chamber because we got a lot of democrats who come on my show who n- not necessarily in the legislature donna certainly is in the house that are just as outraged at some of the stuff as as i am and as you might be as well but what about the democrat caucus i mean if you're head counting right now i know there's been some pushback but there are some democrats tell me at least please that are on board with this or not yeah, well, I think it's uh, it, you know it depends on what the final product is. I think I think um, I know of some um, that I could uh, probably point to uh, that that have issues that you know really want us to respect local control, want us to respect the will of the voters as it relates to Kim Gardner, et cetera. You know, my my I've, I had a meeting with with one of those individuals this morning, and you know my pitch is for the moment because we haven't had this stuff formally on the floor. My pitch is look. I'm I'm willing to um, not uh, throw a bomb into the middle of this and and use rhetoric as the motivation to do the craziest whatever you know whatever they think the craziest thing is on our side, but you have to be honest about the problem, right? You you have we have to be sincere and genuine uh, about the fact that there is a problem that requires solutions, and if we start from that perspective relative to the debate on the Senate floor. Uh, you know, then I think we'll accomplish something. Will it be everything or will it be a silver bullet? Probably not, because that's just the way the Senate functions. Um, but I'm not going to get out of this session this year without some stuff to point to so that when we talk to people in St. Louis, we can right. say, hey, look, we are trying to partner with you. Senate President Caleb Rowland from, uh, Rowland from Columbia is with us this afternoon. All right. Parents Bill of Rights, another big piece of legislation. What's what's the update? Where are we at on that right now? Yeah, out of the Senate, uh, we got that out. Uh, one of the first bigger things that we did uh, over in the House, uh, my assumption is they'll they'll refer that um, either the week before, uh, well, the week before spring break is next week or the week after. Um, you'll start usually act after spring break is when you start to see uh, bills move, Senate bills in the House and House bills in the Senate, et cetera. So, uh, you know, really good product. I think one of the better uh, written ones uh, in the country, you know, relative to just kind of, laying the groundwork for uh, parents to have more uh, accountability and transparency as it relates to curriculum and, you know, hopefully setting the stage for the next phase of that, in my view, which is, hey, if you don't like what you see, 
you have the opportunity to take your kids somewhere else, even if you don't have enough money in your bank account to send your kid to a private school or parochial school. That's the end goal. But I think the first step is, you know, transparency uh, and the ability for folks to be able to point to something in state law that gives parents more rights than they have today. Obviously, one of the big issues nationally is the uh, the trans rights issues. There are legislatures that are getting involved. Uh, there are proposals in Missouri. Are those moving along or not? Yeah, we we have had this week, especially more behind the scenes, have had um, literally hours uh, of, of conversation uh, about the trans uh, kind of set of issues. You, you, you kind of have two separate things. You've got the biological male uh, playing in female sports, right. um, I, which I believe will get done this year. And then you have uh, just the, the issue set regarding what you can and can't do for minors. Uh, I, I think by the end of this session, we ban biological males and female sports. I think we ban uh, surgeries on minors. I think we ban hormone therapy on minors. I, I think all of those things are for us, you know, as far as the Republican caucus goes, uh, just, just, just make a ton of sense. Good. Not tremendously yes. political. I know it's an emotional issue. We don't want to downplay that. Um, but those things seem to be common sense. So I think uh, the end end results, whenever that happens and kind of however it happens, I think that's that's going to be what you're going to see. Can can you please get sports wagering passed as someone who likes <laughs> to throw their money away? But did win a little money on the Super Bowl, but I had to Venmo my friend in Las Vegas, yeah. which is what some yeah. of us do, or we go to Illinois. So is this going to get I, done this session? I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. I, I you know, I, I've been frustrated to no end um, that that uh, that it, the issue has been hijacked by uh, you know this VLT group. I don't. I don't care about VLTs. I'm agnostic toward them. We I have them am too. Now, um, just so people yeah. aren't lost here, Caleb, that's those are the 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 machines that are in some of the convenience stores, right? Yeah, right. And right now, there's some ambiguity in the law as to whether they are legal or not. There are some companies that have have just kind of gone out there and done it. There are other companies who are trying to uh, create a legal path uh, for those things to exist in Missouri. They've recognized, and the casinos don't like it because they they want folks to go to their uh, properties. And so there's been this tug of war of, okay, well, VLTs are going to hijack the casino bill, the sports betting bill, because uh, that's the only leverage they would have ever have to get their thing done. Uh, the casinos don't want to make that concession, uh, you know, c- depending on tax rates, et cetera. Sports betting isn't the, the most profitable thing uh, for casinos, uh, believe it or not. And so that, that tug of war now has been going on for the better part of three years. Um, I, I want to get it done. I think we look dumb. I think most people don't understand any of these things and shouldn't have to understand any of this stuff. It's just a really kind of swampy, stupid issue uh, that we should that we should we should unmarry the issues, vote on them separately, um, and you know whatever happens from there happens. But so far, we haven't been able to get yeah. um, a few folks to, to go down that road. Well, a couple so. of months left. We'll see how that comes together. Anything else you want to point to? I know that the I seventy issue is still kind of out there as well with improvements. Um, any update on that? Yeah, no. I mean, we're moving. The, you know, the governor put uh, almost a billion dollars in, in the budget for which would what would be twenty more miles of six lane, twenty more miles of six lane out of St. Louis to Kansas City, and then. Uh, about 15 miles of sixth lane in, in mid-Missouri. Um, you know, hopefully that's the minimum that we do. Uh, I think that would be a, a, a great step in the right direction. We have a budget surplus. We have 
the chair of transportation in Congress. We have the chair of ways and means in Congress. The, the thing that I say, regardless of any other variable, whether you like the idea or not, if we don't do it this year, given those variables, well, that's a good point. we're probably not going to yeah. do it. Yep, so, with, yeah, with Jason being there as well, that's a great point. Uh, Senate President Caleb Robin, thank you so much for the updates on everything here this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think you're disappointing our friends at the Post-Dispatch. Senator, because there's not as much infighting. They can't editorialize and write about Republicans that way. Well, uh, there's still a couple months left. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, stay tuned. All right, Caleb, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, That's Caleb Rowden, who's the Senate president from Columbia, Missouri. On the sports wagering, I had to tie something in that I thought about. I saw this earlier, Sue, and you might be surprised. The Wall Street Journal did a story. There might be more than just the journal doing this story because they did a survey of NFL players. I think they do this, you know, on a regular basis. And they do anonymous surveys of the players, right? Okay. So this was about the, the, working, the, the worst working conditions in the NFL, right? So regardless of what your team is, where, where are the working conditions the worst? Do you have any guesses? Uh, in the, within the NFL. Who's the worst in the NFL? You mean city or no, do you no, mean no. job? Like, so what they do here is they, they look at it's the I'm going to just cut to the okay. chase here. It's the Washington Commanders. They got an F minus grade. Oh. And the way that they say it is that 1,300 players from across the league um, did the survey, and they were talking about just everything from the workout facilities. Uh, oh, okay. They point out that the Bengals were the only team that doesn't offer their players nutritional supplements, um, and one of two that doesn't give them vitamins. So there's all these different issues that might come into play. But here's what's surprising. Oh, here it says other. This, this is kind How of funny. You get an F minus. Well, okay. Other issues that players flagged for teams included a rat infestation. Okay, that'll do it. Cold tubs that weren't cold. I don't know how those guys get in those anyway, oh, like the ice tubs. Oh. Gross hot tubs. Yeah, mm. that's great. Players' wives having to nurse their babies on the floors of public restrooms because their teams lack. That's ridiculous, right? Yeah, no, that's right? kind of crazy. So the, the journal story says the goal of the survey wasn't to shame teams, but to create a comprehensive review of different working conditions. But this is the reason. And the whole, shame teams. Okay, well, maybe. But here's the whole reason I wanted to bring this up. Uh, take a stab at where the Chiefs are on this. They just won the Super Bowl. They've won two Super oh, Bowls no. now in, what, four years? Are they in the bottom half? They're 29th out of 32. Oh, what so, do they have? Uh, well, they don't, go, they don't go into specifics here. Dang. They basically just say, here, I'm going to give you the, uh, no, I think the rats were Jacksonville. Oh, the well, Jacksonville. there's a surprise. So Jacksonville, along with the Bengals, drew complaints of the players' wives having to nurse their babies. They did not get a comment from the Jaguars and the Bengals. But the number one Working condition team, the Vikings. Really? The Dolphins. Huh. The Raiders. And I bet I bet that would not have been the case before they moved to Vegas nope. because, let me tell you, the facilities out there are amazing. The Texans, the Cowboys, the Packers, the 49ers, the Giants, and then I, I could list them where all. Where are my Steelers? The Steelers are, I think, mid-pack. Yeah, where huh? are they? Wait a second. I don't even see them in here. they got to be, oh, 22. So they're at the huh. bottom. That's not great. Uh, I'll just do the last. Above the Rats, though, I want to point that out. Um, well, basically, the Seahawks, Panthers, Bears, Eagles, Lions, Colts, Ravens, Titans, Jets, Broncos, Browns, Steelers at 22, Falcons at 23, Patriots, Rams. That surprises me. Well, maybe not. Because no, we it know doesn't. We, well, it, it surprises me from the standpoint that the facilities are new out there, but we yeah, know but we, we know care. about the people that run the team, exactly. so maybe it shouldn't surprise us. The um, Bengals. Oh, wait, no, I skipped the Buccaneers. The Bucks are 26, the Bengals 27, the Jags 28, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Commanders. So there you go. See if we have any improvements. The, the thing about not being able to nurse the kids in a family restroom seems pretty easy to fix. And also, guess what? 
The NFL has money. <laughs> they have billions. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Can you get this case? Probably later this afternoon, um, you'll be making one of the most consequential decisions that you will have ever made in your life. If there's any reasonable cause for you to hesitate to write guilty, then the law requires you to write not guilty. Yeah, closing arguments in the Murdoch case. And, um, you know, it became very clear when he took the stand. He came up with this story a week ago today, really confessed to a lot of his lies. So on that front, he did lie and he told you he lied. And he told you why he lied. He said he lied because, I mean, I, I tell you, he lied because that's what addicts do. Addicts lie. Well, I, I have gotten sucked into this case. They've been airing it a lot on Fox. Phil Holloway is with us, Fox News legal analyst. He's been all over this from the get-go. And now does the jury officially have this right now? Or are they um, deliberating or not, Phil? Yeah, good evening. Yes, they do. They do have the case. Uh, I think they they, they were going to work a little late tonight, and uh, they're not going to work all, all through the weekend, but the judge had offered them that as an option, but they opted against it. They do have the case, and, you know, I've been sucked into it, too. It is really fascinating once you once you get into it. This case is about the legal standard of reasonable doubt at this point, and, and has the prosecutor proven their case beyond that very high legal bar. You know, it's obvious that they have proven, I think, without any doubt, that the defendant was a horrible person. He's a prolific liar. He's a thief and, you know, a drug addict and all those things. Uh, The defense today did a a good job, in my view, uh, of separating those issues, though, from the issue of whether they have proved his 
guilt beyond a reasonable doubt on the murder charge. I think the facts of this case, the true facts of this case, what exactly happened may never be known. And I'm confident that the hypotheses and the theories put out by the the prosecutor, even through the closing arguments, uh, are not going to be 100 percent right. So we may we may never know. Uh, the jury, I think, may have to go through this and and decide if if they if they have a reasonable doubt. And quite frankly, there might be at least one juror who does have some doubt about this. By the way, speaking of one juror, one juror got kicked off the panel today. Isn't isn't that true? Yes, there was a juror that apparently was uh, violating the judge's instructions not to discuss the case. And we don't know a lot of the details, but it's important to to have jurors who can you know, obey the instructions of the judge. The judge is telling them what the law is. The the judge is instructing jurors that, look, you know, doesn't matter if you have a grave suspicion that somebody's probably guilty, unless you find them guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, it is your duty. You must acquit. Th- those are instructions that are that are very important, and they are d- fundamental to our system. And if a juror cannot uh, obey the judge's instructions to, to keep their mouth shut, then they probably will not follow the law as charged by the judge. So, Phil, it's interesting. When we started talking about this case, and I remember having you on, and you you put out there right at the get-go that there might be reasonable doubt that could be introduced here, and the jury might go for it. And I thought at the time, I'd followed this case, I thought, really, this seems like such a cut-and-dry case. Now, I didn't know that he was going to testify, and I certainly wasn't on the jury hearing all of the testimony, but let's be honest, if you just watched some of his testimony, there's reasonable doubt. I still think he did it. Don't get me wrong. I think he's guilty. But that you know, that's not the standard, right? Yeah, I think he's guilty too, but that's that's you're right. That's not the standard. You know, he lied, for example, about uh, not being at the scene of the crime within minutes of, of when they were likely shot. Yeah. So, I mean, that right there is enough to make you obviously very suspicious. Okay, but, but what was the, the what was the explanation on that? Because they they came up with the tape of the kennel, and you could hear his voice, and people said, "Yeah, yeah. that's him." So, what what was his story on that? Yeah. Well, listen, a lot of people, especially in the media, have missed this. I hear it misreported. The pro- the defense in their opening statements admitted that that was going to be his voice on there. Uh, and a mm. lot of people didn't really catch that at the time and because they didn't have access to the evidence, and it, it kind of went unnoticed. But when he, he took the stand and he testified, then, yeah, it made a big splash. But he never gave much of a good explanation other than that he was really uh, basically on drugs and – he didn't trust the South Carolina law enforcement, and he was paranoid and, and things of that nature. It's such a horrible crime, killing—well, he's accused of killing his own wife and, and, son. and son. And then the other son testifies. The way that the defense executed this is that you look—and I think you said this last week—they almost—they did. The prosecution probably made him more empathetic and sympathetic to the jury just in the way that they handled the cross, didn't they? Well, in my view, they they overplayed their hand with respect to the prior, the other crimes evidence, all these financial crimes that he's admitted to now under oath and for which he will spend the rest of his life in prison, by the way. Yeah, that's an important uh, point. They overplayed their hand on that, and I I think that they they claim that that somehow logically related to a motive. And in my opinion, they never linked that up. And the defense made a made a big deal out of that today in closing. They pointed out that. That that didn't make sense, that it was illogical, that there is no way that Alec Murdoch could have benefited uh, from killing his wife and, and, and son. And, 
it, that right there, I think, is enough. I mean, that is a doubt for which a reason can be attached, that alone. And there are they listed a lot of different things. We don't have time to go through them all, of course. And quite frankly, some of them uh, I didn't buy, and I'm sure the jury didn't buy all of them. But if you can get the jurors to buy just one of them, and they don't all have to buy the same issue, right? It can be one thing for one person and one thing for another. And if they have just this little bit of a doubt that you can attach a reason to, that's all it takes, theoretically, and that's what the judge instructed them today. Hey, Phil, it's Sue, and I know there's no way to know this, but what is your feeling on how long this is going to take? Is the jury going to be out for days? Are we talking hours? I realize it's nearly impossible to know. Oh, yeah, it's like reading tea leaves, right? It's very <laughs> difficult to do. Uh, you know, I don't think it'll be tomorrow. I think it will be, and it's not going to be the weekend. They've already said they're going to take the weekend off, and that, to me, um, foreshadows that uh, that they, they understand they're going to be there for a while. It might take them a, a day or half a day to pick a four-person, but uh, my best guess is uh, about a week, I think. By, by this time next week, I suspect we'll have a – uh, a verdict, if not uh, by maybe by Friday of next week. I want to circle back to something you said because I, I might have missed this even till today when I heard some of the discussions. No matter what happens in this case, if he's acquitted or found guilty, he still has what like ninety charges related to some of the financial crimes that he committed. So he is likely to spend the rest of his life in prison, no matter what happens in this case. Yeah, I think he's going to get about one hundred eighty-six thousand years by my math. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not just the financial crimes either. Remember, it's the drug charges you got, and you've got uh, he 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 hired somebody to try to to kill him. Basically, it was going to be a suicide that oh, he I wanted to have. That. That. That's yeah. right. I, I forgot, forgot about that. Oh my. Yeah. Well, I guess I mean that's financial in the sense that it might be insurance fraud because his stated reason was to uh, allow his 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 surviving son to get the life insurance policy on him. So you know, there's a lot. I mean, there's way more than I can remember, but it's a, a ton of stuff. I mean, the stuff that he testified to and admitted to under oath is is enough to just sink him. He's I think he's in his sixties, but um, and I don't know how long he's going to live. Of course, but. But there's a lot of prison time in his future. He'll never breathe free air again. Yeah. That, now, have you have you I haven't yet, but have you pressed go on the Netflix thing or not? I haven't. And I was going to think about doing that this weekend. I purposely have have hold off. I, I told myself I was going to wait until the trial was over. But I just don't think I can wait until the uh, deliberations are complete because we're going to have to go ahead and uh, I think, you know, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and watch this. because It's going to take me four or five hours. Uh, no doubt, but after seeing the trial, I'm, I'm now more interested in it than I otherwise yeah. would have been. Me too. Yeah. Phil Holloway, Fox News legal analyst. Hey, before I let you go, um, I mentioned this earlier with Brian Kilmeade. I, I do think it's one of the more undercovered stories of the last couple of weeks, the uh, the testimony on all the COVID failures. And Dr. McCary has been making some great points this week. Phil, you've been all over this. I mean, the things that we now know that we did dumb things about from the vaccines to mask wearing and finally getting exposed. But again, I think a lot of the American public still doesn't know the depths of this they don't and the you know the house of representatives has the subcommittee that's holding some hearings on it but you know with all the background noise and all the news that we're all involved in and the things that are going on in our personal lives it's easy to not pay attention to what some house committee is doing but there's been some very interesting testimony uh, not only by Marty McCary, but uh, Jay Bhattacharya and Martin Kaldorf and others that you know 
have have basically set out that look the, what the government was doing is they were basically suppressing free speech, suppressing all these other ideas to sell this make believe pretend idea that there was medical consensus that all of the things that that Fauci and company were espousing were uh, what we needed to be doing that there was really no no way to to, to debate it. And we know now that that was an illusion. It was a lie. There's a lot of smart people, way smarter than I am, of course, that are, in fact, real scientists that, that said, look, wait a minute. We, we don't necessarily agree. We have a different point of view. And all you have to do is look at this Murdoch trial to see that you can have experts who are professionals in a field that can look at the same information and come to completely different conclusions. So the idea that people cannot voice dissent, especially in the United States of America, is one of the real tragedies, I think, of the, uh, of the COVID era, so to speak. Phil Holloway, enjoy the Netflix series. We'll see where the jury takes us. We'll have you back when we have a verdict. Always appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You got it, buddy. All right, take Thank care. You. He's been great on this. And I, I really, really I get sucked into these things. And maybe it's because I have a little time, you know, during the day when I'm getting ready for the show, I'm monitoring Fox. And when when it's on, I, I pay attention. Oh, and I get it's it. It's been one of those cases for sure. But honestly, I forgot, I'd forgotten about the um, Hired suicide kills. plan. Yes. And I, I really did sort of because no one had been mentioning it actively that he was facing all these other charges, right? Well, I didn't realize that it would equal that much time in prison. Right. Yeah, I think you know? he's, I think he's done no matter what Sounds at this like point, it. which is wow. which is interesting. Um, so we'll keep you posted on that, and uh, it probably will take about a week just because these things are very complicated. They have so many things to go through. I heard some reference. I meant to ask him about this. I forgot. But when I was listening to Ted Williams or one of the other attorneys on Fox, they were talking about the situation with the juror, and we mentioned that you know this juror got kicked off the trial. But he also said something along the lines of um, you know there's been some I don't know how he phrased it, but a little snipping back and forth with some of these jurors that might not get along. So we could be in for a long haul, right? Here's the juror that was dismissed. This was kind of an interesting moment because there was some laughter. You left some stuff in there? What do you have in there? A dozen eggs. My Say it again. A dozen eggs. A dozen eggs. <laughs> you want to leave the eggs or take the eggs? You know, take this. <laughs> yeah, that was the juror that was kicked off the panel because wow. she had spoken with someone that she wasn't supposed mm. to. You, the thing about this is they're not sequestered, right? So they're going home. They're talking to people, I'm sure, but they're not supposed to do that. So that was an interesting moment. Uh, we have one more segment, including an audio cut of the day coming up next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey. Fish Fry Fridays start tomorrow on this show. 97.1 FM Talk. 
Yeah, let's go. Visit us tomorrow in um, Holly Hills in South City, not too far from Sue's house. In fact, we're all going over to Sue's at 6, and you're invited as well <laughs> for a little postgame party during the show. Isn't that what you said? <laughs> I, I uh, No. <laughs> But you guys could come. Oh, it's going to be great. And, you know, I made the mistake of assuming incorrectly that Abby wasn't going to be with us tomorrow because I thought she'd be back here you know, I at the station. I did, too. But she said, no, she's going. No. Yeah, she's going to yeah. be there. So Fred and Abby, uh, Jane will be there for the roundtable. we got Steve Butts on the roundtable panel. And um, who else? Oh, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, say Senator. And I think I'm missing someone. Who am I missing? Oh, well, Jane. Okay. Oh, Jane, yeah, Jane. Steve. And Mary Elizabeth. It's just been one of those weeks. My brain is ready to decompress and eat some fish tomorrow, I think. Ooh. George Gray, The Price is Wrong, Mark. Epic game. If you've never heard it, tomorrow. It has never been performed live in public, I don't No, believe. it has not. This is a first. That's no. rather historic. In fact, you could probably imagine that in some some future year, let's say 2027 or 2028, Sue will do... Random fact of the day. It yes. was March 2nd, 2023, when the first Ooh, I live... Oh, no, down. that would be March 3rd. The first live Price is Wrong mark took place with George Gray. This is going to be a trivia question for the ages. I didn't think about it. I mentioned this earlier. Vice President Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff, that, that's the first gentleman, Sue, spoke out against toxic masculinity on MSNBC. He said, can we just talk about toxic masculinity for a moment? Um... He was asked by Jonathan Capehart. That, actually, that was Capehart's question. Can we talk about masculinity for a moment? Has being second gentleman changed your view of perceived gender roles and what it means to be a man? He says, this is something I've thought about a lot. I suppose so. I've spoken about it a lot. There's too much of it, too much toxicity. Masculine toxicity, who's about the least masculine guy on the planet, has to say this, of course. And we've kind of confused what it means to be a man, what it means to be masculine. You've got this trope out there where you have to be tough and angry and lash out to be strong. See, I don't even really think that that's true anymore, and they like to say that. I mean, obviously you got football players and athletes and stuff like that, right. but you, you, we are different. Men and women are different. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Now, sometimes things go too far, I think, on both sides. But to just paint with the broad brush about toxic masculinity, this is something that comes up every once in a while. And, um, you know, it's talked about in broad terms as being a, an issue in this country. Editorial boards write about it and things like that. But I think it's just a bunch of nonsense. It is funny that that's the guy that's talking about it. Good for Jonathan Caper to sort of expose him there. I don't think that's what he meant to do. Let's uh, do this this afternoon. Stand by. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. Sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store, where it's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. A couple of questions for our leaders, our city leaders. The mayor, Tashara Jones. If her election was held today, could you vote for her? Well, that's a tough question. Um, well, her election's not today, and what we're doing in the interim is trying to make sure that we're pulling all of the pieces together and pulling all of the people that are involved in our criminal justice system to the table. All right. Well, she didn't say that she would vote for Kim Gardner, but Megan Green, the new aldermanic board president, was asked the same question. Oh, that's a tough question. Oh, that's the mayor. Sorry. I would not support her resignation at this point in time. I have great concerns about uh, our Republican governor appointing a circuit attorney and how that might negatively impact residents. So that, oh. that's your leader for the Board of Aldermen right now. Right. She, she cares about our Republican Attorney General and what he, and the governor and what they're doing right now when people are being assassinated yes. on Tucker, three blocks from where we sit right now, in the middle of the flipping day. Nice job, Megan Green. And by the way, nice job, people of St. Louis electing that person to your Board of Aldermanic President. Granted, the last one's in federal prison, but good Lord, 
There's no hope. We'll see you tomorrow at St. Stephen's. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.